In the far future, faster than light travel is possible via portals called Stiffworks. Human and alien civilizations travel this way for millennia. Trade, war, and technology proliferate. Countless societies rise, thrive, fall, and vanish. Eventually, almost everyone forgets the secrets of the Stiffworks. Almost. 300 years ago, the worshipful company of Stillfleeters is formed on Spindle, a space station of unknown origin. They send fleeters into the void using Stiffworks in search of profit. It is 100 million years in the future. Welcome to Float City. Previously on Float City, the crew speaks to Beta's xenobiologist friend Orndrim Sasparine about Zeshtino Nivelle, an archivist the Saffron Anox has requested they snoop on, as she would appear to be holding up a trade deal of his. Orndrim is cagey, but eventually admits to knowing Novell, who asked him to submit research on the fauna of Kakudun, the planet where she is stationed. But after much reliable communication, Zeshtino has suddenly gone quiet. Orndrim isn't sure what's up, but he doesn't like it. The crew is then summoned to Archivist Hrak's office, where the man himself, rotund, levitating, a fleet of drone eyes, asks what was left out of their report on the Onvader's estate. Cracked is satisfied with their answers, though indicates the company is watching. He leaves the crew with Refactor Algar, who assigns them their next job. Head to the Commerce Planet soon and find out what's causing Errant Fold gates to open, scoop debris into and through the Escheresk, and dump it on four provinces, Kalarash, Giju, the Manted Kingdom, and Kakudun. We join the crew now as they wrap up their meeting with Algar. All right, Algar. And Mercus uh, stamps a wet hand onto the paperwork as a signature. He always does that, and I do not understand why. <laughs> Remy starts tootling. Tootling on the flute. Tootling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, Algar draws a little ink outline around the uh, the wet patch on the piece of paper and says, like, you know, oh, um, apologies, the, the company requires a wet ink signature, but I understand, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can try to hold that pen, but I don't think it's no, going to happen. No, that won't be necessary. <laughs> so, real quick, what we know is that we can get to Kakadoon through this mission, but we will need to go to Soon first. And after trying something there, provide some some justification for why we need to get to Kakadun. And we don't have automatic access. We have to give some justification after going to soon. Is that correct? Yeah, you have a t- you have a tack map to Narcosa only. Okay. Um, you don't have a tack map to any of the other locations. Uh, though I believe Algar has described the fact that the Foldgate stabilizer is something that, like, should you need to get to the other places uh, for emergency reasons or whatever, the Foldgate stabilizer will allow you to do that. Um, you will have to pass through the Escheresque momentarily, um, but uh, you know you, you will be able to use the Foldgate stabilizer. But uh, we but- have permission to be on Kakadun as, as of now. But we are going to start by going to uh, soon, correct? Narcosa. I wouldn't say that you have permission so much as you do. You are not forbidden. Okay. 
<laughs> right. So if we go there, we need to make sure. I'm just trying to get the, I don't want to be like, get there and be like, all right, let's go to Kakadoon. And then we get melted. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, immediately. Yeah. yeah. So as long as I think it, we might need to uh, think on our feet in terms of actually trying to have a, uh, a justification for getting to Kakadoon. But I just wanted to get that in my mind correctly in terms of what it's also, expectations are. You, yeah. you know, like I'll remind you that like when you filed your report for what you did on Rigamont B, mm-hmm. like. You know, there are some questions that Archivist Hracked had about the Saffron Anox, right. but that seemed to be from a place of like, you know, the Saffron Anox would want to say hi to you probably, but it's not in the report that he said hi. Mm-hmm. So like, huh, what's going on there? Right. I wouldn't feel too restricted uh, as long as you're doing your job. Yep. Don't feel like there's too short a leash. Makes sense. Marcus says, thanks, Algar, and starts marching out the door. Bon voyage, uh, and just do be in touch if you need anything. You got it, Doc. Ha, 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 And she walks out the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Beta, and if you find any other Zizzlebith Nibblebottom books, I will accept them happily. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, just <laughs> consider it on the schedule now. <laughs> Beta, the, the schedule? What? What's on the I schedule? No, I don't. No, Remy. I don't know what I say. I don't when see I'm a around. schedule in here. You're st- are you still in Algar's office saying this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As she walks out, I don't know what comes out of my mouth. So in the hallway, Marcus kind of leans into everybody and says, "Should we? Should we go to acquisitions, or should we ask Mister Oat if he'd like to come?" Can we do both? Don't we have uh, walkies and talkies? Does Oat have a walkie? I don't. Th- think so. I think you might have, but you know that he's at Zona, so like, right. you know, you'd be pretty easy to find. Which one do we want to do first? We can split up. I mean, uh, me and Venus or me and Beta can go get the, the stuff and bring it to you guys with Oat. Sounds good. Uh, I can go grab Oat. Where do we know Oat is? is he- at Zona. I'll go with you. Maybe I'll have a drunk. Marcus, you sure? <laughs> I remember what I happened know. last time. What happened last time? Yeah, Marcus, oh, maybe, boy. maybe we shouldn't do any of that before the mission. <laughs> okay, Beta, let's go. Okay, so you guys you guys waddle off to Zona in the canteen to find out. Uh, let's go with Arvinos and Remy going to go to acquisitions. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, you head to acquisitions. There's a, there's a little bit of a line, but it passes pretty quickly. You get to the front, uh, and you can see that there is a uh, a mantis person who is there, uh, and she's wearing a kind of like very complicated, um, multi layered uh, like leather kind of. Uh, it's not battle armor, but it's a jacket that is made to look like battle armor with a lot of like straps and buckles and stuff, and it looks very cool. She's got many um, uh, many arms kind of like sticking out of it and coming through it. Uh, and she turns on her, uh, all Mantis people have to wear a box uh, on their arms uh, that translates uh, Mantish whistle speak uh, into something that uh, you all can understand. Uh, so she turns on her talk box, her Babel box, uh, you know, Mantis's uh, kind of like whisper whistle, which I don't know if I can do, but I'm going to try <laughs> and then uh, we'll go from there. And she says, how can I help you? Is that all right? How did I do? Pretty <laughs> good enough? Sure. I feel like y'all could just build a better. uh, Yeah, y'all should just build a better translator and sell it to the Manus people. (laughs) Oh, hey, there's an idea. Yeah, you guys should have like some funny little QR codes from the paperwork. Uh, Do you hand those over? Yes. Uh, She she grabs them from you and uh, she she says, "I'll be right with you." Cheers. 
Uh, and she uh, she goes uh, goes into the the acquisitions hall. You can see the double doors swing open. This giant warehouse of a room. And a few minutes pa- uh, pass, and uh, she comes back with a bunch of flat trays that kind of look like the trays that you uh, use uh, or you know did did use in the before times uh, at the security line uh, at the airport. It's like just got a bunch of stuff piled in it. Uh, and she pops it on the table in front of you, uh, and she scans one by one all of the little QR codes for all of these items. She has given you four exosuits, uh, and then with them, four uh, rebreathers. Um, and the exosuits are kind of like uh, like beige, uh, beige and brick red uh, with some uh, wide uh, like black stripes down the front of them. And you can see that there's a, a company patch on the shoulders. Uh, you would be familiar with these. They have uh, a bubble helmet that uh, extends over your head at the push of a button. And the button is on, on the neck. Uh, and it has like a few other bits and bobs that you might need. Um, you know, there's a Geiger counter in it uh, to measure radiation. And, um, these will maintain atmosphere for an hour uh, until they need to to then be recharged in the sun for 20 minutes. The rebreathers are just a small piece of technology uh, that does exactly what it sounds like. Um, it's a kind of like a flat chrome almost crescent that's uh, very shiny uh, with a mouthpiece on one side of it. And it's got a bunch of very small holes in it. And this does exactly what it sounds like. It exchanges what you breathe out um, into breathable atmosphere immediately, and it will allow you to uh, rebreathe for 20 minutes um, straight again until it needs to be recharged uh, in the sun for an hour. Uh, so this is the sort of reverse of the other one uh, of the exosuit. She uh, is like sort of unpacking this stuff on the desk, and she's putting it out, and she gets to the last one, and in it there is a thick black. Um, sort of looks like a cross between rubber and leather, almost like scale gauntlet kind of thing, like a bracelet. And uh, that is the uh, Escher-esque anti-nausea field generator. Um, and there is also a what you could probably describe as like a small hula hoop, um, but instead of it being round, it's flat. So it kind of looks like a belt. Uh, and it's made of that same material, like it's a black rubber leather that almost looks like it's like tessellated, uh, like it's tiled almost and sticking out of it um, on uh, the outside are many, many long, very sharp, black sword-like teeth. Uh, And it just, it looks like a very, it just is a scary object. It just looks kind of scary. She looks at Remy and she says, I'm not going to do the whistle. Uh, She (laughs) says, do you know how to use these? Not a single, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Uh, so she uh, stands over the anti-nausea field generator and she points at it and she says, so just you put this on before you enter the Escheresque and it will completely eliminate Escheresque nausea. Sick. So you will not have to experience it. Once you're in the Escheresque, don't take it off because it will be worse. Right. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Do you still take the uh, damage after... X number of minutes or whatever. This does this does not provide atmosphere. Okay, but you have exosuits. Yeah, for one, and they're only giving you one of these. Uh, so for one of you, uh, this problem is solved. Okay, and this is uh, what's called a, f- a fold gate stabilizer. This is. 
tuned by the archive very specifically. And she like looks at some of the cards and she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. This is tuned specifically to where you are going. It's gonna keep one randomly moving fold gate uh, on the planet that you're headed to open and stationary so that you can study it, so that you can use it. I, I don't know what your refactor asked you to do, but like it will stop it from moving and it will keep it open. So all you have to do is throw this into it in the right orientation. And she points at all of the teeth around the outside. She said it should be should be pretty obvious. In game terms, she doesn't say this because she's not Brandish Tam. She doesn't know that she lives inside of a game. Uh, in game terms, uh, it requires no roll. So you can just use it. You can just throw it into a fold gate and it will stabilize it, but it will cost one D12 grit. Mm. And she says, this also makes a really good melee weapon. Uh, so don't be afraid to use this if you get into any trouble. Uh, you can really you can really mess someone up good with this. <laughs> In game terms, you would roll combat to hit someone with this, and it does 2d4 damage and causes bleed. Mm. Wow. Mm. Good. Uh, so whoever has it can also use it as a weapon if they want to. She points at both of these things, and she says, in case your refactor didn't tell you this, these things are very valuable. And we are expecting their return as soon as your job is done. So make sure that these come back in one piece. You got it, pal. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much, miss. I, I do notice that you have four exosuits here for us. We may have another joining us. Would it be possible to get another? No. Okay. That's always good to ask, <laughs> though. You'd have to get another card from your refactor. I see. Okay. Well, thank you and have a lovely... You, you as well. <laughs> I'm doing a very bad job of imitating what Mantis Wishel, man, Manted Wishel. I can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have like a man, Mantis Wishel. Mantis Wishel. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, over at Zona, you get to Zona, and uh, I am yeah. Oat is bartending. He has said that he would be, so I'm imagining he's there. Is uh, is Stephen Patrick Morrissey around Oat, or is it just Oat tending bar? Okay, yes, uh, Stephen Patrick Morrissey is there tending bar, uh, and Oat is putting up some art that he has crafted from trash on the walls above the tables. So nice to see you so soon after your first visit. He's being he's being sarcastic because it's been a week. <laughs> Mr. Patrick Morrissey. Hello. It's Welcome. So great to see you. Uh Rumi. <laughs> uh Oat has like this weird framed sort of collage of trash that he's about to hang up and he's got it in his hands right in front of him. He hears your voice, he turns around and when he sees it's you, he drops the work of art and immediately completely forgets about it. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. Where are we going? <laughs> oh, great, you're thank coming. Thank you, Yes. thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Stephen Patrick Morrissey. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's oh, go. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, don't you want to check in with your boss, make sure it's cool? No. Keep no. your <laughs> eyes out for demons. <laughs> okay, you got it, buddy. We'll keep <laughs> those out. eyes out for demons. Go faster, go away faster, go away. Okay, 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 no, okay no, we're okay. going, we're going. We'll, um, we'll fill you in on the walk over. Oh, or not, I don't care. Just get me the hell out of this bar. Okay, cool. <laughs> 
Okay, um, so you guys leave Zona. Um, the canteen is like medium busy. Um, there's some people who are eating lunch. Um, they are um, eating some phytonutrients that are uh, in the the shape today is um, like octopus. Uh, it's like, you know, big bulby head with some tentacles. Hmm. Uh, as you are exiting the canteen, you can see Venus and Remy walking across the green that is between uh, the Basilicon where Acquisitions is and the canteen, and they are um, laden. Uh, they have they are uh, encumbered with um, multiple exosuits um, and, yeah, one very scary, weird-looking object. And Mercus is just finishing up a little synopsis of, of what we're supposed to be doing. And did I mention that there is debris falling on Giju? Oh, huh. That's, um, that place cannot catch a break. Am I right? I Anyhow, have, have, you ever been to, uh, have you ever been to Narcosa before? No, I have not tacked there yet. I have. And let me tell you, I am now thinking about going back to uh, Stephen Patrick Morrissey and uh, sweeping up the mess I made. <laughs> oh, no, no. Mr. Oat, Mr. Oat, let's go get you an exosuit from Algar. And Mergus is, like, dragging Oat to the office. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, but after this, we're getting a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys go back um, through acquisitions, uh, or you guys go back into the Basilicon and make your way to Algar's office. Uh, he's inside quietly working on paperwork. He he looks up. Uh, is Mercus the first through the the plastic door? Yeah, and, um, and, and holding yeah. Oat's arm, not by oh. the hand, but by the elbow. Uh, oh, uh, hello, <laughs> recruit, um, uh, Mercus. How? What? What can I do for you? Oh, Mr. Algar, sir, we have one request to bring some luck with us on this mission. Oh, you would like to bring Oat, is it, uh, with you on your mission? Interesting. Um, ooh, uh, Mr. Oat, uh, how, how do you feel about this? Uh, I was under the impression that I would be going along on uh, a, a lot of missions, and so I'm ready to do it, unless there's another planet we could go to that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, we're all okay. kicking this can down the road about whether this NPC is going to go along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what this episode <laughs> should be about. Nobody wants to say yes or no. <laughs> Yeah, the reason that Mike and I are being hesitant, y'all, is because I'm already voicing uh, seven characters in this scenario. Oh. <laughs> I was I was about to suggest like they should have just given us another suit. <laughs> yeah, this is a yeah, lot I know. It's, the reason that, that, like, I don't I don't see why we should play coy about it. It's like my hesitation is that it, it is uh, it's gonna be thick in there with me. Uh, I yeah, can't Taylor, wait. Taylor, what do you want to do? Let's just let Oat go because we've already done the scene work to get in there, and it'll be a nice early victory for all of us. And then maybe let's just let Oat fade into the background as things pick up on Narcosa. Sure. Okay, great. Um, he He's like, oh, uh, hmm. I mean, uh, your contract is largely for uh, local uh, assistance, but, um, and he flips through some paperwork and you can see that he's like writing on some things. He opens up the desk drawer and pulls out some more pieces of paper and he says, ah, uh, we should be able to make an exception. Just, um, uh, you know, uh, make sure that you uh, make it worth the extra paperwork. Yes? Yes. And he's kind of winking at Oat, like, you know, you know what I mean. You, Why like, are you, you winking at me? <laughs> oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have, as they say, fast fingers, yes? 
You're wrong. I would never use my spinny fingers to do anything untoward. Fabulous. And that's exactly what we expect of you. Uh, and he uh, and then hands he did, you. And then Oak gives a big wink. <laughs> <laughs> and Algar's pen is gone. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And you get uh, you get an extra uh, little card um, that will get you some extra stuff. So do we want to fast forward through just like Oat then goes to acquisitions and like yeah. gets an exosuit and a rebreather. And yeah, he's he's good to go. Nice. Yeah. Gearing up montage. We see him <laughs> yeah. putting the boot. We see him doing the glove. Yeah, it's very Edgar Wright. Imagine the edits are very crisp. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you guys uh, have your loadout and you have all your paperwork in the tack map. Uh, so let's say we're just like in the canteen, or maybe you're in the green. You tell me. But like, who is going to have the anti-nausea field generator, and who is going to take the foldgate stabilizer? What do we roll again when we go into the Escheresque? You roll D4 minus D will plus D reason. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, does Marcus have a high reason? Maybe you should have the uh, yeah. anti-nausea. It's my highest. Okay, yeah, I think you should probably have it just because your grid is very important for all of us <laughs> to get anywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'll add it to my little list. It's the bracelet thing, right? It's a bracelet, yeah. It's like a black bracelet. What's everyone's grit number? My max is 30. Oh, nice. Mine is 32. Mine's 20. Mine's 20. Okay, just to... Anything that we have to do extra that t- costs grit, maybe Remy uh, shouldn't do also. Yeah, the uh, last time we were in the Escherask, Remy took a shitload of damage, which is why. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. right, Remy. So Remy's looking at the anti-nausea field generator <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> who's who's got fine. the fold gate stabilizer? That costs grit to use, too, right? That should also go to Mercus, though, because, like... That stabilizes a thing, right? <laughs> it does stabilize the thing, but maybe it should go. If it costs grit, maybe it should go to Nick. You have thirty. I have thirty-two. Oh, thirty-two. Oh, you have more than Marcus. <laughs> He's rolling in grit. Yeah, yeah. It costs one d twelve grit to use. Okay, I can. Yeah, let, I, let's. I can do that yeah. then. We can always hand it to someone yes. else. We, we, have to. <laughs> we should yeah. spend the rest of the episode discussing in, in this, moment, but yeah. it is good to keep that in mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay, just want to make sure we know who has it. Nice. Do you guys go rest? Yeah, I think that's probably the best idea. Yeah, it's like evening on spin, or the clocks tell you that it's evening. There's no windows to the outside, so who knows? But uh, it's late, so yeah, you can uh, go and uh, hit your room blobs, regain pool, um, and uh, get an early start in the morning um, and get get to Narcosa. Um, before I do that, can I do something, just because I'm going to get free grid off of it, can I speak with Steel with the stabilizer? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, cool. so w- with this role, I should I will be able to learn um, either how the object was made socially, not technically, like the history of the uh, the object, who last used it, or how it really works, which is more of the technical side. Um, if the result is twelve or higher, I get to learn all three of the facts. So I will burn one grit to do that. Then I have to roll D reason and my level, which is two or three right now. Uh, your level would okay. be two. So D reason, which is twelve. He's whispering to this thing. Oh, I got 11, so I got 13. So I gotta know all three other things, Mikey. Wow. Vinos kind of turns this spiky thing in his hand and gives it a couple of pokes. And he feels a very strong connection. He says, hey, do that. Spiky, little spiky one. (laughs) Tell me your tales. 
uh, <laughs> you hear a sort of quiet voice through the void, uh, like kind of <laughs> echoing a little bit like a chorus almost, uh, like many, many voices all sort of jutting up against one another. And it goes, and what would you like to know? Well, how were you made? Who made you? Oh, we were made to tear apart this plane of yours to provide passage into space, into that which has no depth. But we are different now. We no longer hunger for the firmament of existence. <laughs> yes. Who last used you? Hmm. Allow me to consider it. Who last used you? <laughs> well, it's been a while since a young woman have broken my heart, but that's neither here nor there. You tell me your damn tales. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who last used you? Hmm. Quite pleasant one. Oh, once? <laughs> a duel a Tefnian, I think. Centuries ago, they were lost without us and are now lost forever in a hulk deep in the void. You get like a couple quick flashes of images in your mind of uh, like a, just this massive, decrepit spaceship. Mm. Mm. Yes, I see. I see. Yes. Now, tell me your secrets. How do you really work? <laughs> Is it common for your type to know exactly how they function? Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> One such as you should know that the tales of time are difficult to tell. Um, <clears throat> where yesterday we were a blade for slicing through the fabric of time and space, today we are but a stop in its works. Ah, so an SRS blade turned into a door stopper. Hmm, astute this one is. And then some laughter. See, <laughs> very interesting. Very interesting. Do I get any mental pictures of um, it working or anything like that? You get this like dull, hazy image of. Remember when uh, the Deva, uh, the Saffron Anoxus Deva, opened up that Keyblade and kind of like ripped a hole in space, and there was that very thin envelope uh, that you walked through from the from three space into the Escheresque. Yeah. You get you get a very sort of hazy image of something similar to that, except instead of uh, a kind of ovaloid shape, it's it's pretty round, and on the outside of it is the object that you are holding, and all of the spiny teeth are pointing out uh, from the center, and it is like the spiny teeth are holding that gate, that envelope in space open, and it's like sort of sh sort of shaking and vibrating, and you can see that there's this gap in space that it has made that then goes goes into a distant and different plane from the one that this vision kind of starts in. 
Okay. You sort of get the sense that what this is, you know, where you could use an Escheresque blade or the Deva's keyblade or other pieces of technology to like rip a hole in space. This is something that like where a hole already exists, it will it will sort of like jam it open. And when it says it's a stop in the works of the fabric of time and space, like that's kind of what it means. It's like you're sticking a wrench in the quantum operation of the fabric of time uh, and you're just kind of like leaving it open a little bit. Right. And Venus was standing at acquisitions, right? With Remy. Yeah, I think you guys are, you guys are like, I think either uh, at acquisitions or you're like in the green or, or somewhere near the canteen. But yeah, you're like out in public. <laughs> what does Remy think of this situation? <laughs> I mean, Remy's not bothered. He's just like, yeah, Venus just does this shit. And I, I mean, <laughs> Remy could only hear one side of the conversation, right? Like he was just yeah. like, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Same shit, different day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like I feel like you know we've we've been working together only for a little while, but it's like it's, it's pretty clear that this is how things go. Yeah, it's in it's in Venus's character to do this. The uh, Foldgate stabilizer says, "I wish you luck in your endeavors, and that you do not end up like my friend the Doodle." <laughs> well, I could I wish the same for you, but. I guess it wouldn't really happen to you. I'm a thing, so uh, I yes. can't die. Okay, don't break on us. If we ever try to use you, don't you dare break. <laughs> I'll do my best. Be time and space. Bless your way. Uh, and the, the presence and the voice fade into the howling beyond. <laughs> I was under the impression that we were going to go somewhere today. I guess <laughs> I'll just go back to cleaning up at the bar. I do not like and meet back here tomorrow. <laughs> hey, Next time, oh. <laughs> just catch me on the way to the gates, my friend. It's not very satisfying <laughs> when you have a grand exit and then you have to just go back and be like, ah, it's uh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> whoops, whoops, I'll say, pretending I did not mean to do it. I thought I... you were going on an adventure. <laughs> We all did! Stephen Patrick Morrissey, we all did. Uh, okay, everybody heads to bed. You can regain pool. That is D move plus D will plus level. It's your girl, Jen, and I'm here interrupting the show to tell you about Patreon. If you are loving our story, production value, and goddamn incredible sound design, become a chummer for just five American dollars per month. That's 4.28 euros, 523 yen, or 106 pesos. For 0.00037 bitcoins, you get access to fun slash float chatty, our inside baseball show about every episode, an invite to our Discord, which has channels called Chumbler and the Cone of Bonus Content, and top secret cold storage archive and cyberpunk themed Spotify playlist that I personally update every Tuesday. Come on, why don't you join us at patreon.com slash funcityventures. Again, that's patreon.com slash funcityventures. This is great that we decided to go to sleep because I just realized I'm going to want to take NTS with us. Oh, uh, you got you to pick up your boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to add five more Taylor characters as well. Sorry, Taylor. Yeah, if you want to pick up some NPCs at the canteen on the way, feel free. Do you want to go get Brandish Tam? <laughs> oh, Let's bring them all. Maybe he wants to see his friends. <laughs> Uh, should we just have Taylor play everyone? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs>
Um, I'm Merketh. <laughs> it is morning on spin, or you would guess that it's morning on spin. It's what the clocks say. Uh, the five of you, um, including Oat, uh, go to the near bays. And Mercus, you have the tack map in the paperwork that Algar gave you. Takes you to one of many stiff works uh, in a long line. Do your thing. Yeah. Okay, I think it's over here. During this time while Mercus is figuring out how to tack, Beta is showing everyone NTS because NTS is wearing a little fedora that she made. <laughs> a travel fedora. <laughs> thing. What do you think? I love it. I absolutely Thank love you, it. Thank you, Remy. So Quite charming. Good. Quite charming, yes. I think he likes it as well. NTS, what do you think? Oh, he doesn't talk. Oh, right. <laughs> Only when you press the button. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I think I found this. And Marcus is just like turning the the map upside down and like, oh, no, 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 this is right, this is right. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, he puts a hand onto the on the stiff work. You can hear the little suction of the four little bulby fingers. Nice. <laughs> and tax. Uh, yeah, suddenly the near base uh, where you're standing feels a little bit bigger and there's no visual difference in the matte black wall that is uh, the stiff works, but you all uh, feel this familiar feeling of space opening up in front of you uh, and you can walk through. The stiff works will be open for 10 minutes. Uh, who goes in first? Uh, Marcus goes in first, uh, waddling in. <laughs> uh, Remy's right behind Marcus. Who goes in third? Then Beta. And then? Venus. Oath bringing up the rear. I, just I am in the back. <laughs> just picture Oath dancing through the leaving spin. <laughs> okay, uh, so you all uh, parade one by one through the stiff works uh, in the pipe, five by five, as it were. You feel a very familiar feeling of space closing in on you, though it is an infinite expanse of a tunnel, and you walk towards a pinprick of light uh, that gets bigger and bigger as uh, you transmit your bodies and your minds through this strange ancient technology uh, from spin to the commerce planet of Narcosa. You can start to see uh, from part of the way through the stiff works as you're going through that uh, on the other side on Narcosa is like, it's like a big building. You're going inside to a big building. Uh, it looks really long. It's really well lit. It's mostly white and gray and it's empty. It's like sort of uh, monochromatic uh, for how, for sort of how big it is. It's like you're walking into the interior of what we would recognize as like a gigantic conference center almost, um, except instead of like weird uh, gross carpet it's all just like white tile of some kind or like white white marble and uh you can see this start to come into focus as you're walking through the tunnel and you all kind of step foot one by one onto the tile floor onto the firmament of narcosa and the moment all of you are through the stiff works out coming bringing up the back happy to be here <laughs> you then hear half a dozen voices all shout Duh! And then you are all immediately knocked over, hit in the back of the knees. Um, you are you are taken out. You are tackled. You topple, uh, shoulders to the ground, uh, heads to the ground, knocked off of your faces as a moving fold gate careens over your heads. 
you can see that the top half of it is melting through what's above you, what looks like sturdy building material. And it's just like sucking it. It's like cutting through it, melting it, grabbing it, and just sucking it into its moving void. Um, huh. And uh, as it passes over your head and then gets some distance further away from you, you can see through the other end. Um, and even though uh, it's like an oval, right, uh, with this sort of gray ring around it, and that ring, it looks like, is what's like, that's the dangerous bit. It's like sawing through whatever this material is. If you like look up, you can see that the the chunk that's been cut out of this building material is in the shape of the fold gate. As it gets past you, it gets slightly further away and you're able to see into it. Even though it is standing up vertical, the perspective looks like you're looking down into the Escher-esque. Uh, like it's like it's horizontal and you can see the things that are sort of moving through the Escheresque uh, look like they're falling and it looks like they're falling down into another open gate that's in the Escheresque where you can see just barely as the fold gate moves away from you it's now at a, at a pretty good distance um, you can see just like some glee, some green leaves small bits of water a little bit of a beach and it just goes and goes and goes into the distance. And as it retreats, it closes like an iris until it gets to be just uh, like a tiny pinprick of light. And then it just goes away. Whoa. Oh, um, was, was that was, was that one of the one of the gates? Oh. You can see that you are inside a vast and wildly overbuilt building. It is huge, and there are just columns and walkways and storefronts and stairs just everywhere. You're in a kind of grand hallway, and you're at the end of this grand hallway, and it seems that it leads somewhat ceremoniously uh, to the stiff works that you just emerged out of. Mercus, you might be interested in knowing this is a Snake Man stiff works. Mm. Mercus is turning around to study the stiff work so they know how to get home, but uh, shies away because it's just, it's scary. All the walls around you are kind of like gray white. Um, it's kind of like a light, unfinished marble. The stiff works behind you is looking out. You can see this corridor that stretches to the horizon. It just goes and goes and goes. It's probably the biggest building that any of you have ever seen. It's like basically the opposite of spin. It's all white and it just is massive. You can see really far into a bot the bottom. If you like tilt your head over the little balcony that's next to you. If you look up, you can see that the roof uh, is just maybe miles above you. It's, it's giant. It is also just full of detritus and and rubble. Um, and it's not destroyed. It's actually kind of like someone built this massive immaculate shopping mall. And then instead of filling it with stores and products and goods, they just filled it with the pieces of another utterly demolished shopping mall. Hmm. It's just infinite. It's anodyne and otherwise kind of empty. Like there's no color, uh, no products, except for all of the gnomes that just tackled you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you are surrounded by uh, six gnomes. And these are the people who have uh, knocked you over and have saved your life uh, from the fold gate. Uh, they all look a lot like Brandish Tam. Uh, they're all about four feet tall. 
um, kind of hirsute. Uh, they're muscular. They're all very tactical. Uh, they're covered in pockets and straps and tools and ropes and gear and equipment. They are all very similar in appearance. Uh, they are vat gnomes, after all, grown by the snake men. Uh, so they do have a kind of cookie cutter appearance, except for their age, the things that they're holding and their skin. Each one of them is a different color, uh, and they're all kind of like a light pastel color. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> the one that is closest to you is uh, middle-aged. Um, he's a gray color, and uh, he's um, got a dark black, thick, well-manicured beard. Uh, it's very long, um, and he's also got uh, like kind of hair similar to Brandish Tam, wavy black, really thick. Uh, he is the most like tactical totally outfitted with pockets and straps and patches and gear he kind of looks like a rob liefeld drawing if you know rob liefeld this is like a deep this is like a deep comic books joke um huge chest lots of pouches yeah lots of no feet (laughs) can't see Uh, the you can't see any of their feet oh because he can't draw feet (laughs) he cannot draw feet right feet is premium Uh, content it's true. Yeah. Unlock that on our uh, Patreon. Yeah. Uh, you are going to have to join Zap's OnlyFans in order to see his feet. <laughs> uh, Zap says he looks up at uh, he like gets up, dusts off his uh, his black like cargo pants with a ton of pockets. Uh, they're kind of like covered in dust now, and uh, and he looks at you and he says, "Please tell me that you are here to help, and that almost getting killed isn't something that normally happens to you." Uh, from the floor, Mercus takes out the stylophone and is <laughs> taking notes. Successful attack to Narcosa. Uh, immediately thrown to the ground upon entering. Uh, he, uh, you can hear squiggle, squiggle, squiggle. Uh, he turns to uh, his gnomish uh, compatriots and says something in Narcosin uh, that none of you understand. Uh, but the gnomes, um, of course, understand it. And uh, he has said, uh, seems like we got some company people. And he, he looks back at the rest of you and says, so? Uh, yeah, we, we are. Uh, you are correct. Uh, we are here to help um, with your um, flying debris problem. Is that what what we would say it is? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it is a problem. And that wasn't what just happened there was an example of flying debris. That's not just something that happens on this planet. Just I'm wondering. No, that is not something that normally happens on this planet. And also just one more question for you. What's the oldest thing you remember? <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, well, uh, oldest in what timeline? Okay, I'm going to have to get your number. Or <laughs> I, re- I remember the plains of Soon before it was built like this. I remember the turquoise plateau before these buildings were even here. But technically, I wasn't alive at that time. So you can tell me whether or not that's a memory or a dream. Okay, okay. I am loving this. Anyways, before we get too far, uh, my name my name is Zap. Uh, Who did you say? What did you say your name was? Yes, uh, my name is Beta. Nice to meet you, Zap. And this is my Mm. team. (laughs) And Mercus gets up, dusts himself off. Hi, Mercus. Venus is still in sort of a entanglement of his robes, uh, kind of (laughs) on his hands and knees, looking for his quarter. Half quarter moon spectacles so that he's dropped, he's dropped on the ground. He he finds them, uh, puts them on. He goes, "Venus, at your service." 
Venus, as you're speaking, a dark crimson red gnome with a bandolier of grenades and a very high hair do uh, runs over to you and says, well, now it just would not be proper to let an elder sit here looking for spectacles all by himself. Let me help you to your feet, Grandpa. Oh, thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Uh, oh, Remy be careful has... where you put your hands. Some of those are live, don't you know? <laughs> uh, Remy has just flipped over on his back, and he's just looking up at the uh, architecture, really taking it in. He's he's uh, interested. It reminds him of home. And he says, Remy, that's me. Nice place you got here. Well, uh, Dorito! <laughs> I thought we were just going to shout our names. <laughs> Dorito! I don't Dorito? like you, whoever you are. But... <laughs> The rest of you uh, seem fine. Dorito is like a pink purple swirl. Uh, and Ooh. Dorito, they have like, they're not wearing a lot of gear. Uh, and there's just like a few planks of wood tied to their arms and legs with strings. And obviously in their back pocket is a full size flute. Is it like taller than they are? Yeah, it's it's a it's like a earth flute. <laughs> I'll see you noticing my flute. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one was noticing. To be, to be fair, it's, to be fair, it's hard insane. to not notice the food. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and now the oldest gnome is standing right next to Dorito, clearly of advanced age, and he turns to Dorito. Ain't nobody noticing your flute, child. Why? <laughs> no, nobody cares about your flute, and no, don't get it out to play it. Oh, but I think they want me to play my flute. Nobody <laughs> wants you to play your flute. Dorito, put it up. My name is Pop. Uh, that's Dorito, who you met. Uh, and uh, old fella, that's uh, the one helping you up. That's her. Her? Her name is her. Her. I think, techni- I think technically it's hair, but yes, it's her. <laughs> 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 and then we also have uh, 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 Keeper of the Maps, Taurus. Hi, that's me. If you want to know your ups from your downs and your lefts from your rights, well, I got great news from you. I'm here day and night. It's me, Taurus, the map gnome. <laughs> oh, pleasure to meet you as well, Taurus. Zap puts his hand up and says, um, Zap, uh, so. <clears throat> and that's all of us, in- including our intern, Oat. Oh, boy. <laughs> See? <laughs> This is why I. Well, yeah, sorry, I, 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 I'm having a hard time keeping a control Oat, of what's canon laryng- in my mind. Oh, it has laryngitis, so can't speak. <laughs> Please do Oat- thirty voices all at once. <laughs> Oat opens his mouth and like you know that vine or like the video of the dog that opens its mouth and thirty tater tots comes out. <laughs> do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah. Oat opens his mouth and just a bunch of rubble just falls out. <laughs> Oh, man, I think I swallowed a lot of this debris. (laughs) (laughs) It's very nice to meet everyone. I'm very happy, he winks at the gang, to be on this job. (laughs) Uh, Oh, Mr. Oat, you should probably take it easy. And then Beta opens NTS and no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Zap puts his hand up and says, yeah, and uh, speaking of job, so by way of explanation... 
uh, what happened and he is gesturing and you, you can actually see like he gestures out at the giant building that you're in and you can see across its vast area there are fold gates just popping into existence burning through the building just like ripping it to shreds grabbing all of the rubble that it's um, cutting open, transporting it through the Escheresque into various uh, locations. You know, for the ones that you can see that are close, you know, you see uh, um, the mossy side of a mountain. You see the beach again. Um, you see uh, what looks like a dock in uh, in the water. Um, you see a giant, like, black egg-shaped building in the distance. And you can see that they're just popping into existence, ripping through the building and then again just like closing to a pinprick and going away and there's you know maybe a dozen of them in view at any given time and he gestures and he says so taurus had a shipment of structural plastics that he had to send to uh Kalarash, but it was uh too big for any of the riggers and uh pop here had a really good idea to just send it through the void so uh, he activated some piece of technology left here by the snake men. You know how it works here, right? They left it here a few millennia from now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a communications channel. <laughs> panel. What's the difference between a panel and a channel again? <laughs> oh, boy. So you can maybe are starting to understand the problem we're in here. So he uh, he did send it through the void. It worked. But uh, whatever he turned on, now it's going haywire. We can't figure out how to turn it off. Pop can't remember where the control panel is. So we're... Uh, there was a nice young man there. Yeah, so that's what we got to go on. Um, we're retracing all of his steps. We're hoping he remembers uh, what he did. I don't. <laughs> uh he pulls out something that looks like a like a big hole punch. Like he reaches into one of his big pockets and he pulls out this strange kind of like a single punch hole punch, but bigger. And he uh, holds it out in front of him and he squeezes down the two handles on one side and a small circle of light starts to spin above it, grows in diameter and then just shoots up this big pulsating like column of light. Uh, that uh, forms into a three-dimensional image and like the lines mm. form up from the bottom um, and then you know they start to form lines horizontally you can see these vertices coming into view and after a few seconds you can see that like some of the faces of the 3d shapes get rendered in get colored and you can see that it's a rendering of buildings it's a 3d model of buildings and also of a long hallway and you can see that it is a basically a 3D map of where you are. A lot of the shapes, a lot of the buildings are labeled in text that you can't read. Um, you don't know what it says, uh, but some of them are labeled in something that's like approaching spin. It's like it's like spin translated through, you know, translated through a translator that's then put through a translator and put through another translator. Uh, you can kind of read it. And those look very different. Um, they're not in like neat computer generated type. They're in what looks like handwriting even though it's digital zap uh, gestures at the map and he sort of like uh does like a pinch gesture gesture like we would do to zoom out on a phone and you can see that it shows more of the narcosan landscape and it gives you a sense of like where you are in the in the structure or like in a way like it kind of doesn't like it's so big that you can see like where you are is in the middle of just this huge thick of tons and tons of buildings and uh, there are uh, a bunch of places that are labeled on the map. These are the places that we think Pop could have turned on 
the fold gate generator. Uh, and he goes through and there's uh, like a little spot in a building that's far, far below you. Like looks like it's just miles below where you are. And uh, it's it's labeled, uh, all of you can read it, trajectory sustenance. Hmm. And then there's one that is also really low and far to the east. Um, like again, maybe miles away from here. And it is labeled territory of the keepers. Then there is one that is on the same level as you, miles to the west, and it is labeled Capacity Nickelodeon. (laughs) Uh, And then there is one that is uh, like kind of next to the territory of the keepers that is labeled Utensil Library. And then there is one that is uh, very far north, like maybe a dozen miles north uh, and very high up, like almost at the top of a very tall building. And that is called the Stability Midpoint. Zap sort of is like going by these, going through these locations one by one. You know, he's not explaining them, but he's like, you know, we got this one here. Uh, Pop thinks he might have been at the Territory of the Keepers about a week ago. Um, you know, uh, the utensil library could have been two weeks. Um, utensil library is uh, where we keep some tools. Uh, that's he thinks he might have been there a couple days ago, uh, but they're all you know, uh, they're all pretty far off. So, uh, if y'all have any thoughts, uh, we would love to not wander around for longer than we have to for obvious reasons. But if we have to, we have to. Even in distress, Narcosis, <laughs> one of the jewels of the solar system. Take it from me, Taurus. <laughs> and then a fold gate like opens right next to Taurus and like almost clips him in the shoulder, removing his Shit! arm. <laughs> uh, uh, and Zap gestures at it as if to say, you, you see what I mean? <laughs> You know, says, well, I have a question for Pop. Pop, it, it, it doesn't sound like you remember much, but you do remember a, a nice young man there where you turned on the generator. Could you describe him for us? Oh, he was just a nice young man. And I asked him where he was from and to see if we were related to each other. And to see, <laughs> I asked if he was dating anybody. I always <laughs> like to find out what the young people are up to and what they're doing in their lives whenever we talk. Because they're always looking at their devices. And so it's it's nice to just talk to people and not have to do a, a device. And he, he, I was... At the communications panel, the channel, and he was talking (laughs) to me there and trying uh, to make me do something I did not understand. (laughs) And it was unconnected to my it was unconnected to my mission in the area. Uh, And so I was mostly ignoring him as he was I. Uh, And all I remember is is that he was uh, aggressive, but uh, I did like the way he was aggressive i believe you could describe him as a charming young man <laughs> okay was this young man a, a gnome as well or was he of some, some no. other race okay what did he look like well he was a tall man like you but younger not like either of us and his hair was a pale yellow color hmm. okay <sighs> ah so you're not alone here well, I'm never alone as long as I have my friends, her, <laughs> Taurus, Dorito, Zap, and wait, 
where's little deep river and then he says that Taurus looks around and then he uh, Taurus sort of steps to the side and behind him is a much smaller thinner uh viridian deep green gnome with big eyes she looks like uh Shelly Duvall uh and <laughs> she says oh hi M- my name's my name's deep river oh, oh. Marcus oh. is like in love <laughs> <laughs> uh, the feeling is mutual the entire time that you could see Deep River. She is making total locked eye contact with you, Marcus. <laughs> Sometimes uh, I can open gates too. You can. And Marcus just puts a little bulbous hand like up in the air. And Deep River does the same, mirrors the motion to you. Mm. Beta is looking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and being like, huh? What is this? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, 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 oh. I have a real question for Mr. Zap. Yep. Should we be worried about this person, Pop Med? Uh, Has anyone been hostile to you while you've been here? Most of Narcosa is empty except for the other gnomes. Uh, you might see a chromatic human out on the plane, uh, but... Uh, yeah, we we don't really know what Pop is going on about, and I think that is a problem that uh, once we meet a friendly, aggressive, charming young man, blonde hair, we'll know we're going in the right direction. So Beta wants to use uh, a, a fun class power she has, which is Find Clue. Oh, yeah. nice. Sick. So that is uh, once per session, um, you can you can find a clue towards whichever plot you want, but you should make your choice clear to the GM. The clue is specific. You don't need to understand the bigger picture, but you need to. But you know what to do next. Mm. So I guess I yeah, I want the clue to be about this plot, obviously, like what to do next here, what we would. Yeah. Where we should go. Yeah. Tell me if this feels like it's cheating. Beta. Mm hmm. You remember that you and Marcus were hanging out in the canteen. Yeah. Like over the week that you were all that you had off and you were training your new skills. And Marcus was telling you about this epic game of hide and seek that he was playing with his brothers Mm -hmm. and how he was able to find uh, where one of his brothers was um, because he knew that his brother was uh, like really interested in uh, one of the particular atmosphere exchangers that was in uh, like a deep, deep part of spin. Um, and Mercus just followed the wires uh, for the exchanger and was able to find his brother. Mm. And so uh, in game terms, one of Mercus's new skills is a thing that would, in theory, be able to help you locate exactly what you're looking for. Ah. So basically, the idea is that Mercus has a skill to help us figure this out. Yeah. But is totally staring at Deep River right now. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Mercus is not listening to this conversation. And the skill is that Mercus is really good at finding hiding spots. Yeah. uh, That are linked to technology. Yep. That are linked to technology. And what is that skill called? called find me beta is like you know taking in this situation she's staring at mercus um 
who is who is still staring at Deep River. <laughs> Who's staring at Deep River. And, and obviously she's feeling a little jealous because she hasn't felt a connection in days, you know? And, and, she, <laughs> and she is the one who's really looking out for love, so it doesn't really seem fair that Marcus might find it. <laughs> And uh, Oat is Oat is behind combat, like stumbling over debris, and like his eye is bleeding, and he's like, "Oh, somebody help me! I, I can't get. Oh, no, nobody, no help. Okay, Oat do fine by himself." Uh, yeah, Beta is not t- paying attention to that, and then uh, she clears her throat. <clears throat> Marcus, oh, uh, the yes, Beta. I, I believe you may. Um, be able to um, help us out with this? Uh, how do you mean? You know, your days of training to find pieces of technology that are <gasps> far away. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, you mean my giant ga- game of hide and seek where I found Merricks in the far base? Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Merricks yes. and Merricks were hiding in two very similar spots. And I had to, like, figure out and follow these tubes. Yes. Except this time we're not looking for your brothers. Oh, I that's not as fun. That's not, I know, that's not I know, as fun. I know, I know. Okay, so you mean I'm playing hide and seek with the thing we're looking for. Essentially, yeah. Got it. So uh, immediately, um, Mercus uh, looks up into the like ceiling and starting to scan the room and like uh, for for little panels or for little like. Uh, light fixtures and, and everything. So he has to burn three grit and make a reason check. And uh, if get a success, six or higher, we find an interesting hole or pathway to what we were looking for. Yay. Um, so I'm going to buy three. <laughs> I'm going to burn three to, to have to add three mm. um, just in case, even though we're rolling a, a D12. Oh, great. Yay. That's a that's an 11. Oh, you did very well. <laughs> okay. Uh, so here's what happens. Uh, Mercus, you are looking at um, all of the like uh, sort of panels and, um, you know, the, the uh, layout of the big mall that you're in, the, this giant room. Um, and you're like looking back and forth between that and the thing that, that uh, Zap is holding uh, and sort of like doing a one-to-one between the map and the room. And you can see that like, though there's some technology that's around, it's really not a lot. There are lights but they're not really on like the light is coming through the ceiling but it's also coming through like these weird recessed gaps and like you can't really see that much that would count as electronics and uh when you look just because you rolled so well the navigational thing that uh, that zap is holding is a piece of equipment that you've seen before you know what this is uh you trained with it for a little bit while you were becoming a banshee and it actually has a uh, a technology layer on it that you can oh. enable that Zap just doesn't have turned on, which like, you know, it's hard to do. Uh, it's like weird in like a deep menu thing, probably in an, in a language that he doesn't speak. Um, <laughs> and like this thing has been set to some weird language. Like who knows where he found this? You know, this is like finding a phone uh, that is in Korean. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I, oh, <laughs> oh, okay, guess I have to do muscle memory. Um, but you can do muscle memory. So you know how to get to the menu that turns on the technology layer. So, oh, uh, Mr. Zap, may I, may I and, uh, uh, <laughs> reach for uh, the... <laughs> I, I suppose, uh, and he he hands it to you. And, uh, <laughs> and Mercus is just like, kind of like Rubik's cubing it, 
like uh, someone who can solve it in like, you know, 30 seconds. <laughs> slice, and, slice, slice, and slice. And Zap yeah. is looking on like, well, I didn't know it did. How did you? Well, well, <laughs> oh, oh, one moment, one moment. Uh, da, 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 well, my stars. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can see, yeah, there's like uh, little rivulets, little lines of bright pink that outline where um, like basically electricity is flowing. And you can see some dull lines around where there might be some recessed lighting. Um, you can see a lot of the places that they have labeled are lightly glowing. You would be able, and do you like switch the switch the language over? You know, like do you yeah. change it to something you can <laughs> to something read? something we can understand, yeah. Yeah. So you can see that um, uh, the trajectory sustenance, which is the thing that's far below you, is uh, what maintains the orbit of this planet, because this planet is false or not, not natural. This planet was installed around Terra. You can see that the territory of the keepers is uh, the uh, office where the cleanup crew works. Like it's the the sanitation department, basically. You can see that the capacity Nickelodeon is very, very bright, uh, and this is the power station. Um, you can see that the utensil library uh, is tool storage. Uh, you can see that the stability midpoint, which is very many levels up and far north, is the security center. And you can see that there is one other location that is highlighted that is like a few uh, kilometers in one, uh, in one direction over and at the top of a tall spire um, and you can see that it is uh, labeled uh, distance liquidation. Uh, there is uh, some text that describes this as the sales floor for intradimensional real estate. Mm. Uh, this was not originally labeled. It looks like there is some piece of technology there that takes up a lot of power and definitely has to do with uh, the collapsing of space and time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, pop there. Do you remember climbing <laughs> or going up a very tall height? Well, pop here, you know, he climbs everywhere. He kind of he can he climbs up and down a lot of places, <laughs> and then he's not really clear on when he's climbing or walking. And as you can see, we have to go up and down all over time here. We're always climbing, and also we're always not climbing. <laughs> I don't understand what Dorito said, but I believe the gist of it is true. It's hard to separate out climbing and not climbing here. <laughs> Remy's just Remy gets out his flute and starts tootling. He's just is totally ignoring this conversation. What he, the fuck do you think you're doing? What are you doing? Put the flute away. Put the flute away. He Only keeps one tootling. flute player allowed. Does, he's tootling. What you, you There's two flutes. There are two flutes on that cosander right here in my back pocket. Does this bother you, Dorito? <laughs> Does it bother me? Somebody hold me back! Somebody <laughs> hold me back! <laughs> Tor Torres jumps in front of him. No, don't do it, Dorito! Dorito! Calm down! Do you want me to sing to you? Do you want me to sing to you? No, I don't want you to sing. I want you to hold me back. I'm about to take the fire. Somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> Way up high. Come on, calm down. Breathe like we practice. There's a plant that I dream of. See another. I'm having a breakdown. Can someone stop me, please? <laughs> no, keep going. It's so I just, good. I just wanted to see what would happen. Uh, uh, Zap looks at at Pop and uh, looks at uh, Hair and looks at looks at Dorito and is like, "You're gonna have to excuse them. This it's, it's a real thing about the flutes." Anyways. Uh, <laughs> 
you think um you think it's here and he he points uh at this new like um you know brightly lit pink area that you have identified as a piece of technology that has to do with time and space he says uh yeah i mean if you think that's where it is uh we can get there it's uh looks like it's at the top of the plots uh it's a bit of a walk but it's doable yeah it makes the most sense it's it's taking up a lot of power all right shall we yeah, how do you get around? Do you just walk everywhere? Uh, yep. Oh. <sighs> how do we get around, sugar? As carefully as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Once we get to the plots, uh, there may be uh, some uh, some alternate methods of conveyance. But for now, uh, it's in everybody's interest for uh, reasons I think you'll see uh, that we uh, just traverse the floor by foot. All right. Okay. Let's mosey. Mercus. As you begin walking off, Deep River comes up to you and says, Sometimes it can be hard to walk around here because of all the trash. Will you hold my hand? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, okay. (laughs) She takes your hand and then just quietly walks alongside you. And just Mercus is making tiny tea kettle noise (laughs) as they walk. (laughs) And... Beta is behind them, and she's just whispering to Remy, I don't understand it. She didn't even <laughs> fall over anything, and Marcus didn't even, uh, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Remy puts a hand on Beta's shoulder and says, you know, sometimes it just happens that way. It is very rare, <sighs> but sometimes it happens. <sighs> There's so yeah, much to learn. There's so much to learn. The group of them, six gnomes and five fleeters, set off down the wide corridor, specks in the gargantuan mall planet edifice of Soon. They scramble over and trip around the dense architectural crumbles, littering this once and eventually empty commercial Goliath. From the Stiffworks Terminus, it's a several kilometer walk their destination, following this one wide, tiled mezzanine of countless below and dozens, maybe a hundred overhead. To their left, an endless channel of air at the center of this vast atrium, dividing this corridor down its middle, and to their right, dozens of small shop squares, rhythmic geometric and empty, except for the piles of debris, remnants of the otherwise unseen and far-off future of the Snake Men. There are a bunch of fold gates, uh, like opening and closing in the distance. Could someone roll a d6 for the group? I got a six. Or you got a six? Mm-hmm. Unless it's right. bad. Uh, no, um, yeah, the, the, there are a bunch of fold gates opening and closing and they stay in the distance. Uh, they do not come and, <laughs> and bother you. Um, uh, who, who rolled? Who was the one that did the roll? Beta. Beta, you, uh, you find a, uh, you don't know what this is, but you find in the rubble somehow a perfectly crisp $1 American bill. <gasps> I pick it up. And I say, is this some sort of romance novel? Look at this. 
Look at this man on here. Maybe luck's on your side, Beta. Maybe luck is on your side. I'm going to have to take this to the archive and research it before I give it to the company. <laughs> uh, you traverse the space of the mall. Every once in a while, the gnomes sort of like stop and look at one another and point at one of the uh, one of the empty storefronts and like look at one another. Pop pulls out a little piece of gear that he has slung on his belt and like types some numbers into it. Looks like a looks like a big calculator with a dull green electronic screen. And they like look at one another um, and shake their heads. And sometimes they stop in front of one, and uh, you know, like Zap will go in and he'll stick his head in and he'll come out and he'll shake his head no uh and uh, after a little while you know after they've stopped and looked at a couple places they duck into this room that looks like a shoe store with no shoes it's got these tall uh these tall shelves with these long um spaces on the side there's nothing in it it's all gray it's kind of dimly lit and pop takes out this piece of gear again and types into something and he uh points zap goes in and rummages and comes out and shakes his head and then he puts his finger up and points, puts his finger up again. And then there's uh, a really loud popping sound, uh, like a tire has exploded. And then the store is just full of stuff. <laughs> uh, it is just in an instant, completely full of items. Oh. It is also completely engulfed in flames. <gasps> it is where you are standing is now extremely hot and you are standing in front of a burning store. And the dwarves all look at one another and look kind of dejected. Aww. Zap like looks at everybody who's disappointed and then looks at you, noticing that they're disappointed and explains. And he says, uh, sometimes when uh, they arrive, you uh, you don't know what state they're going to be in. Once we got a communications technology retailer that was just uh, encased in acidic green jelly. Really don't want to know what that day was like on the other side of time. <laughs> but anyways, uh, don't worry about it too much. Uh, the outer walls of all the units are fire and blast proof, so uh, it won't spread. If you want to venture in, you can, uh, but uh, we usually don't. Especially not the burning ones, at least. <laughs> no, none of us are fireproof, I'm afraid. Uh, if you would like to go in, uh, your exosuits will protect you from the fire for a very short amount of time. You can basically go in and just like grab the first thing that you can get your hands on um, and see if it's anything of interest. This is the first items that we're seeing that are not just debris. Yeah. True. And, yes. And as, we're going to have to smooth things over with the company because no matter what we do, we're probably going to be in trouble. Be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so beta weighing this option, these options um, and thinking, well, and if I do get burnt a little, that's that's an experience in itself, uh, decides <laughs> <laughs> decides to run in. As you run by, Doritos says, Take me with you. <laughs> Remus Take me inside and protect me. Remus sees Beta running and f immediately follows. Uh, do you actually pick up Dorito and bring Dorito into the burning? No. Oh, my God. No. All right. I want what they have. <laughs> Meat wad. That's, I was trying to place it. That's, right. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
That's great. So yeah, do you um, do you uh, turn on your bubble helmet so that your heads don't get burned? Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah you yeah. have you have probably about like three minutes in there um, before you start to just like succumb to just how hot it is. And yeah, you get in. It's extremely hot, and uh, there is just a bunch of weird product. You don't recognize what any of it is. Uh, it looks like it might be technology of some kind uh, lined up uh, on all of these shelves. You can see that there are there's like a cash register. There's posters. You can't read any of them because they're a, they're completely aflame. But like this was a full and complete store. There's a carpet. The carpet's on fire. Um, mm. That was just completely transmitted here out of time. Roll a uh, d20 and don't roll above a 12. I got a s- 11. Nine. Nice. Okay, great. Uh, so neither of you, uh, your like exosuits withstand the fire. Um, they, you do well, uh, and uh, you do not get burned, and you do not damage anything that's on you. Um, each of you roll a d4. Okay. Two. I got a one. Beta, you, it's like, it's really, really hot. It's hard to see and it's hard to like look around. Mm. And you're just having trouble. Like, you know, there's things around, but you can't really make anything out just because it's all on fire and mm. it's all kind of charred. So you just like grab the first thing that you can and you leave because yeah. it's, it's just way too intense. And you get something that's roughly the size of the palm of your hand. Okay. Remy, you just kind of like, you push through a little bit and uh, you see some of the small stuff. You, you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. Like, I'm going to try to get something that's a little bit bigger. And you manage to grab something that's like roughly the size of a textbook and you get out of there. We're going to do the same thing that we did last time. I'm going to roll on a random table after we're done playing and I will let you know the next time we record what that thing is. Yay! Sick! And it will be, yeah, it will be determined on a random table of the kinds of things that would be in this store that was transported to Narcosa from 150 million years in the future after 100 million years in the future. So this is, yeah, you will have some 250 million years in the future snake man consumer technology. Ooh. You come out and Zap is like, color me impressed. I mean, color me gray, but also color me impressed. And Marcus is standing on tippy toes. Did you see any shoes in there? Uh, I Did could, we? I couldn't really see anything. I kind of, oh. it was Man, so None of hot. you saw anything resembling shoes. Yeah, no shoes. One can still dream. Uh, the gnomes are not interested in going into the burning building, so they leave it behind. Uh, and yeah, you are now walking through the white landscape of this rubble-filled mall again with a bright yellow and orange burning room uh, behind <laughs> you on the horizon. As you walk for a little while, you can see that in the distance on your path, there's a sort of interruption in the regular pace of these square and rectangular shops amongst the debris. And that at one point, it stops being these these regular regular cubes of, of what eventually will be snake man businesses and just becomes this very long, very tall spire uh, that looks like it just goes through every floor all the way down as far as you can see and all the way up as far as you can see. It's just the same white gray panel as everything else, but this you can't see inside of it. There's no like broken glass that you can see through. Okay. It's just opaque white, kind of like the monolith from 2001, but like someone painted it um, eggshell. And uh, as it comes into view, uh, Zap points at it and says, that's the Platts. That's where we're headed.
you are now leaving Float City. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, do a tweet about it. Tweet it out to your pals or uh, however you would describe the people that follow you on social media. You can even tweet the tweet that I have left in the show notes. And of course, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash fun city ventures. Thanks to all of our current patrons for help keeping this ship afloat. I'm Bijan Steven, and I play Remy Tester on Float City. You can find me online on Twitter at Bijan Steven, B-I-J-A-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N, on Twitch at the same name, and on Instagram at Bijan Cakes, B-I-J-A-N Cakes. I'm Jen De La Vega. I play Mercus and Meldar. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Randwiches. That's the word sandwiches, but replace the S with an R. This is Shannon O'Dell. I play Beta Combat. You can find me on social at Shodell. Hello, this is Nick Gersio, and I play Lux on Fun City and Venos on Float City. You can find me at Nicholas Gersio on Twitter and N Gersio on Instagram. You spell Gersio, G-U-E-R-C-I-O. I'm Taylor Moore, and I play all the cool, interesting characters. You can follow me at taylor.biz. <laughs> My name is Mike Rignetta. I am your GM, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rignetta. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Fun City Ventures. Float City is played in a soon-to-be-released system called Still Fleet, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Still Fleet. This episode of Float City was recorded at various locations around Brooklyn, New York. It was produced, edited, and sound designed by me, Mike Rignetta. Ah. How shall Pixel Riffs submit to this dark mansion? Ah, how is this? Once on the heights, he stretched his throne sublime. Fun City's music is by Sam Tyndall. Remy's flute playing is by Jake Fridkiss. Our art is by Tess Stone. Our Discord mods are Olivia Gulen, Kit Pulliam, and Kestrel. And the voice of Artemis is Molly Templeton. <laughs>